0: Good morning everyone. It is August 9th, Thursday. First day of school for my grandchildren. And it is 8.44 in the morning. It was going to be 8.30 that I started the podcast, but a certain cat escaped immediately upon being out on his harness. Hang on passageway of doom here. extra scrape because the man left a cooler in front of the door there we go see if I had my addition with the French doors we wouldn't have coolers parked in front of them alright first sip of coffee alright so that's better so yes Jackson led me a merry Chase for 15 minutes I guess that's part of my morning cardio now oh look a new little dropping right where I normally sit. Oh, and choya burrs on my chair itself. We are escalating here in the Pack Rat War. I'm going to have to get rid of this little territorial marking. Mr. Pack rat oh I got a choya in my sandal. He's really got them scattered all over the place here. I should take a picture of this one. I'll pull it out so you guys can see what these choya burrs look like. They're especially wicked because they have little reverse barbs on them, so they hurt possible they hurt even more coming out than they did going in. And it's really interesting to me, actually, that the pack rats have learned to use them as a tool. Um, They must have some way of very carefully managing them because they carry them around and use them to build fences around their nests and all of that. All right. So, yes... First day of school for the kids, which seems funny to me, that's so early. And they're up in Denver where I grew up, so, you know, I remember <laughs> obviously going to school there, and my birthday is August 22nd, and school never started before my birthday. You know, there might be like one or two days of school before Labor Day, which for you know non-U.S. folks is like the... Last weekend in in Oct in August or maybe first weekend in September this year it's like September twenty ninth or something like that I think, but um, yeah I remember I remember it very clearly because my birthday I'd always look forward to it and but at the same time it meant summer was over and school was starting see there's that summer is over thing and um, and also it was a bit of a jip because other kids got to have birthday parties in the classroom you know with cupcakes and what have you and I never got to have the classroom birthday party because my birthday was in the summer so but uh, the world turns and times change right so now those kids start today and they were all excited so that's nice it's a pretty morning very pretty very light breeze Hummingbird was coming up to the screen while I was running this morning. The treadmill's in the bedroom, and I was running on that one, and she was coming up and hovering there. Looks like her juice might be a little dirty. Maybe that's what she was wanting to communicate. I need to make fresh, but I need to buy sugar. It's the only reason I have sugar is to make hummingbird juice. So yesterday was busy, Um, I did get word count, so that's good, Uh, hoping to get word count today and time to go get to yoga, barring further cat distractions, one would hope, I should just lock him in a little cage and keep him there. (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous, I spend so much of my time wrangling cats. So, um, yeah, I got word count. It took me a while. It took me into the afternoon, but I got it. And uh, then I spent quite a bit of time on this class that I'm teaching. And that's over in a week. So we're kind of coming down to the home stretcher, making sure we get everything in. I gave them an assignment on external and internal conflicts. And I think I... Um, didn't do a good job of explaining it or at any rate they got went for way too complicated and I think this is something that a lot of people miss when they're trying to learn about external and internal conflicts Um, you know that you know your conflict is is what your character is working against And you're, a lot of people like to put this as a very simple goal, motivation, and conflict. And that doesn't work for me very well because I think that, at least my perception of the world is, is that people have complicated goals. And a lot of times they don't even know what it is they really want. And in romance, a big part of the romantic journey is figuring out what they really want. Um because it's not what they thought they wanted most of the time. You know, like people think, oh, well, you know, I want to be this particular kind of person, you know, I want to be um, respected and admired. But what they really want is to be loved. And the things that they're doing to try to be respected and admired work against what they need to do to be loved. You You know, a lot of times it could be pride or prickliness or that sort of thing. There's the hummingbird. She's going around hitting the flowers. So conflicts are the things that you run into that get in the way of things. And an external conflict is something that is applied by... It's outside of your control. It's external. It's from the outside world. So, you know, if I want to drive down the street and the, there's a traffic jam, there's a big wreck in a traffic jam, then that's a conflict. That's gotten in the way of me getting down the street. So it can be a very simple thing like that. Um, in an overall conflict, external conflict for, for a story, the external conflict is what we usually think of as plot. You know, it could be, um, you know like lord of the rings the you know hobbits are trying to take the ring to throw it into the volcano to melt it down and destroy it forever and the external conflict is all the people trying to get the ring and stop them from getting there you know and so you don't have to what what my students are doing and it's understandable but they're wanting to go through and list all of the things you know like all of the things that sam and frodo encounter Along the way, but you don't need to list all those things. That's the story. Uh, all you need to do is look at what is the external conflict. The external conflict is is Sauron and the enemy. It's the war. That's one reason why, you know, a lot of adventure stories are, you know, have wars or conflict or, you know, that sort of uh, very on the page violent conflict because it's a very clear and easy conflict. Um. In another kind of story, I'm trying to think of like what it would be, um, well, I'm not springing to mind at the moment, I keep thinking of internal conflict, so we could just go to that. An internal conflict is like something that is theoretically within your control, but it's internal. It's your own emotions, your own ideas, your own beliefs about yourself, your own insecurities, the only reason I make that that it gets a little fuzzy sometimes is that sometimes things we think of as being internal conflicts like um, oh like like fear like yeah being afraid to you know let's say like agoraphobia being afraid to go outside well some of that can be that you need to learn to overcome your fear but sometimes that could be a PTSD thing and it can be an actual disease state so you know I think we've learned to be a little less glib about how you know all you have to do is change this it's within your control um, and and I would go back to and I know I waxed on quite a bit about uh, Good Luck With That by Kristen Higgins which I obviously really enjoyed a whole lot Oh, Thrasher's up in the tree above me now he's getting those grapes are you the grape eater? You are the grape eater, aren't you? He's eyeing a bunch, and there he is. He took a grape. Ah. If I could, I'd take a picture of that. He's got the grape in his beak. (laughs) Looking very pleased with himself and giving me the evil orange eye. These uh, curved-billed thrashers have a very bright orange eye, um, and they give a somewhat baleful glare. Although they have a beautiful song. That's funny, the, the contrast between the two. So anyway, um, good luck with that. One of the things she explores, you know, is that whole thing about weight. And, and one of the difficult things about being overweight is that as a society, we assume it's within your control because people for whom it's not a problem, it is within their control. You know, there are people who are naturally slender or have really fast metabolisms, and they can do something like, you know, cut out sweets for two weeks and lose all the weight they need to. And I know know people who've done this, you know. You know, some women who, uh, you know, my um, stepsister, you know, which she, she had never, you know, she's very tall, very slender, and when she had her babies... Uh, she still had some weight on and she said she asked her friend who had done lots of dieting what she needed to do because she didn't know how and she said you know and she said oh and I just followed those steps and like in six weeks she had the weight off you know and which is great but you know it doesn't work that way for everyone and I think it's very difficult for uh, people who are slender to understand that people who are overweight, that it's not something that they can just change, that it's not a simple thing to simply diet and lose the weight, that there are a lot of complicating factors. So, you know, like something like, if if a heroine is overweight, like in that book, um, is that an external conflict or an internal conflict? And, you know, Kristen Higgins, I think, is a brilliant writer. And for her, um, she made it more of an external conflict, you know, or, or more like a, yeah, you know, it was kind of an external conflict, but really the internal conflicts all came as a result of the emotions around it, the emotions that led into the emotional eating, but all also the emotional scars from growing up as a chubby child and a chubby teenager and feeling like they didn't fit in. Um, she really altered my, my view of the world with this book. When I was at Waterworld with the kids the other day, I was looking around and noticing that there really were not many very overweight people at waterworld i mean there were you know certainly some not beautiful beach bodies uh, which is perfectly fine uh, mine among them but you know really there were no severely overweight people and i was thinking like the heroines in this book and i was thinking the heroines in this book would never have gone to a place like waterworld because they would have been too embarrassed and too ashamed and would have you know wouldn't have had fun because they would have spent the whole time thinking about how they didn't fit in and if people were looking at them and people sneering at them. And of course, people feel entitled to say stuff to people who are overweight, you know, comment on their being fat because people think it's within your control and that you should be able to deal with it. So a real internal conflict, you could look at something like, um, this was a book I was thinking of if I was coming off of Lord of the Rings, if you look at something like Pride and Prejudice, there's no real... I have my microphone over by my strap of my sundress today, and I think I might be hitting it with my arm. I'll move it there. Like Pride and Prejudice, what are the external conflicts? Well, the external conflicts are the expectations of society, um, the fact that her family is the genteel poor, they don't have enough money to keep going. The girls have no inheritance because of the laws of primogeniture. And they also are not allowed to work. Society frowns on them working. So all of the external conflicts, I mean, we don't have a lot of violence in this story, right? It's not it, A conflict doesn't have to be like a war. In this case, the external conflict is all the the pressures of society. And that's one reason Jane Austen is brilliant, is she really makes it clear how those polite and social pressures create um, excruciating conflict. But otherwise, I would say all of the other conflict in that story is internal. And, you know, that story, I think, is a good example because the title so clearly... Uh, Exemplifies what the internal conflicts are. It's that uh, she is, well, he is prejudiced against her. Well, it's actually some of both. Um, you know, when they first meet, he is very proud, and so is she, and they are both prejudiced against each other. And they both have to learn to overcome the assumptions that they've made about each other. In order to find love. Um, you know, and they almost don't make it. They almost lose it all because they're so busy being hurt and proud and clinging to these misguided ideas. So, you know, internal and external conflicts are fairly should be fairly easy to think about for a, a writer, um, but it's definitely an acquired skill because the story is so big in our heads that it's not always um, simple to crystallize it that way. But if you can crystallize it, then it's something that you can com- come back to all the time. You know, what are they fighting against, you know? And it's like, well, Elizabeth Bennet is, is basically fighting to have a life. Right, You know, she's she's got all of these things that are keeping her from having a life, and that's what she wants. But this is part of why I don't really go in for goal and motivation, uh, which, you know, a lot of people find useful. And to me, you know, for all that I've been going on about simplicity, I find it overly simple because Elizabeth Bennett wants a lot of things, but she's also young. And she doesn't really know what she wants. And that's part of what feeds into her prejudice against Darcy, that she doesn't see that immediately, that her life with him could be something that gives her freedom and gives her joy and gives her the things that she wants. Um, She's just so busy kind of fighting against everything. She just knows that she's not that she doesn't have prospects that she doesn't have the ability to guide her own life to make her own life be what she wants it to be and i think the best characters have complex motivations just as we all do i mean if you ask the average person what their goal for their life is they can't really tell you they'll they'll say something like well i want to be happy or i want to be comfortable you know maybe some people want to be rich Um, But, you know, really most of those are pretty vague ideas and people don't really know what it is that they want. And that's part of that internal conflict is, you know, you grow up thinking you want certain things because your parents tell you, oh, well, this is what you should want. And then as you grow up, you sort of try things on for size and discover what it is that really does make you happy. And... A lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with that stuff. Your parents told you. So, I think I'm going to call it good there. Here comes Mr. Stinkbug trying to crawl on my foot. You're not going to do that today. Thank you all for sharing my first cup of coffee. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And I'm going to do the same. Bye-bye.